scary movie. Fear is defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? Margaret took me to the movies once. It was so much fun. Popcorn. The dark. The monsters on the screen. So much at stake. Never knowing if they're going to survive. It was so scary. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome back to Inside Movies Galore. This is episode number 28, and here we are. Um, oh, we have um, director Michael Bergen, also a producer, also an actor. Uh, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. What an honor. Uh, so uh, why don't we get started with uh, the first short film that you uh, directed, uh, with the Sea Closure. Yeah, we're going oh, way uh, back now. 
well, I'm just going uh, going off a list here. So, <laughs> um, involved with uh, the short yeah. film Closure. Yeah, Closure was uh, was. Uh, let me let me preface that by just saying, uh, I I live in Iowa, and uh, back in the uh, uh, beginning of uh, around 2009, 2008, 2009, somewhere around in there, um, Iowa had some amazing tax credits for filmmaking. Okay. And we're talking like 50% off filmmaking. Uh, you know, we had uh, studios flocking to Iowa to film movies. And, uh, you know, I'd been involved in some emails prior to that. You know, there was uh, the... The rules were very um, uh, loosely put together, and so um, we had a bunch of people in the state who were taking advantage of the tax credits. Okay. And uh, just as as quickly as the tax credits emerged, uh, just like overnight, they were they were taken away from us and uh, you know, they, they disbanded the, the tax credit program uh, literally overnight. And okay. uh, the state of Iowa, all the indie filmmakers here just kind of went in this big funk for quite a while. You know, they were, they were living, living high uh, on the hog there for a couple of years and um, you know, they were getting very well paid and um, all of a sudden, things changed, and everybody kind of got used to it. I knew, I knew some people that had uh, actually quit their day jobs and were just going into filmmaking full-time here in the state of Iowa. And so, hmm. you know, I I was kind of sitting sitting around here listening to everybody kind of pout and whine about uh, not having these tax credits anymore, and I was, you know, kind of like trying to challenge that that thought process and and uh, saying, you know, we were making films before these tax credits even came to came yeah. to make our life so great. You know that that has never changed. The 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 spirit and the passion of filmmaking has never changed in the state. The only thing that changed was that somebody introduced lots of money to us, and so okay, had a lot of indie filmmakers in the state that just kind of got jaded and lost their way because of the money and expected the money to and, for quite some time yeah so you know being an actor myself i was i was kind of like you know we should all get back to making movies this is uh, this uh, you know our goals shouldn't have ever changed we are filmmakers we should make movies to be making movies because we love it and it's a passion of ours and you know if if someday you know those those paying gigs come along again great we're going to take advantage of those when they when it happens but for right now stop whining stop complaining let's make movies and uh, i had a couple of filmmakers that kind of challenged me um you know and and saying you know uh, if you think it's so easy you should go ahead and do it and being a very strong-willed, strong-minded person, I don't really ever back down from a challenge. So I, I said, "All right, I, I can do that." And on a dare, I, I put together a quick, like, two-page little script. And uh, you know, about a month later, we shot it, and um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the 
the directing part, uh, closure, um, was new to me. It was a, a very nice learning experience. I, I developed a lot from that. And uh, how and did you uh, go about uh, and uh, cast your casting? Um, uh, how did you? Casting was just, it was very easy being an actor myself. I knew a lot of actors and um, just called up, uh, you know, a couple of people who I knew and thought would be interested in doing it. And sure enough, they were, you know, the rest was history. Um, all, all three of the, the actors that were in it were uh, good friends of mine at the time. So um, it, it was very easy to, to find actors to be in it. Cool. Uh, uh uh, cl uh, closure about uh, without spoiling it for uh, for others. Closure was uh, a uh, a very simple sit down conversation between a man and a woman uh, discussing their breakup, um, and uh, from there it kind of gets revealed that there were some ulterior motives involved with the breakup and uh, some supernatural elements come into play uh, towards the end. But uh, okay. yeah, most most of the stuff I I write and, and create have uh, some underlying supernatural or horror elements involved with them. So okay. uh, that one was, uh, was one of the first ones that I did. And uh, I always like trying to mix drama with or um, instead of going, you know, the typical route with these dumb characters that nobody cares about, um, try to do it uh, with a little bit of intelligence. Okay. Um, did you have a favorite shot or scene that you remember uh, while you were filming the uh, project? Um. No, not really. <laughs> the 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 movie itself, it's I think it's just barely over three or four minutes. Um, okay. It was pretty. It was pretty simple. Um, we got a great shot. Uh, we had a close up of a of a wedding ring, and the sun was just right. And as we were uh, kind of, uh, we had some amazing sparkles come out of the diamonds from it. Uh, looked looked gorgeous, but uh, you know that was just. First time director's luck of the draw, you know, I, I, I didn't set that up and mean to do that by any means, so. Um, uh, so uh, let's talk about your uh, short film, Shift, from 2012. Shift. Shift was a co-writing collaboration. Um, uh, I guess I, I had written a majority of it, um, but it was about a... Uh, you always hear these stories growing up, you know, don't pick up hitchhikers, don't pick up hitchhikers, don't pick up hitchhikers. Well, what if, you know, you pick up a hitchhiker and, you know, that uh, that story is true to a certain extent, but then you realize the, the warning that your parents always gave you of, you know, don't accept rides from strangers uh, kind of comes back and, and uh, overrides the rule of don't pick up hitchhikers. And so you've got two really bad people together in a car and some really, really disturbing bad things happen between them. So, Okay. Um, and um, 
casting the same uh, uh, same as your previous uh, uh, film, or did you have a little bit more difficulty finding? Uh, actually, uh, the two characters in Shift were also in Closure. So okay. I'd worked uh, with these two actors uh, previously, and uh, uh, they were they were always go-to people for me. And um, uh, Dan Hampel and uh, uh, Justin, there. What's that? Thing that you can remember on set or or whatnot that was that was cool or or um. Did, well, did, did, did you have? Yeah, in in this in this film we had uh, some some pretty cool practical effects. We uh, we actually took a driver <clears throat> or uh, an electric drill and we uh, screwed a, a two inch screw into the back of somebody's neck and uh, to paralyze them from the neck down. And uh, some pretty good practical effects, close-up shots of the screw going into the neck, blood flowing uh, out of it, and uh, there was also some skinning going on, and uh, this was as close to hostile as I was able to get, so it was a little bit of a torture porn time, uh, just an experimental <laughs> film for me. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, uh, you, working with those practical effects and, and uh, seeing how cheesy they look on set when you're doing them and then realizing how amazing they look on camera with the right angles and, and the right, uh, the right lenses is, is remarkable. So, um, I hope to do Most more definitely. practical effects in the future. So, uh, did, um, did you, uh, have any, uh, problems getting uh, uh, the, uh, the film out uh, how was its perception uh we had uh, we had sent it off to uh you know a handful of film festivals we you know we're working on very small budgets and uh, i wasn't much of a uh wasn't much of a director um at the time you know i was still cutting my teeth and, and getting used to the the process um understandable uh, even though I, I, there are certain aspects of it that really come naturally to me, uh, working with the actors and, and getting them in the right mind frames and, and connecting with their characters um, is one of my strengths being an actor myself. Um, but really a lot of the technical aspects of it, uh, you know, I don't think I've touched a camera on any of the films that I've worked on uh, more than once or twice, really. Um, I, I just don't want to. Somebody else is... is uh, is uh, in control of the camera. The the director of photography knows what they're knows what they're doing, and I I kind of let them do it, and I rely heavily on them to help me understand uh, some of the technical aspects. And if there's something I don't like, I I uh, talk it over with them, and we change it. But um, yeah, it 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 really uh, it's it's a it's a team effort, and I allow the the team members to play to their strengths while I while I play to mine. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's talk about your uh, short film, uh, Bring Me a Dream. How did that come about? And uh, how did you well, how did you bring, get inspired to you? Go ahead. Yeah, Bring, bring Me a Dream kind of uh, spawned from uh, uh, a bit of the, the answer to your last question. Um, uh, 
Shift had played in a handful of film festivals and we were nominated. I don't think we won any awards for, for the film, but uh, my daughter was very young at the time. And, uh, you know, she's obviously grown up around filmmaking and acting and movies and the creative process. And she was a little disappointed that she wasn't able to go to these film festivals, you know, with my wife and I and, and my son sometimes. And so we came back from a film festival one weekend and she was really sad and, and really down about it. And so um, okay. I thought at that, you know, Shift was just not a movie at, at that age. She was, it was um, appropriate for her to watch. No. So I used that, um, that motivation being the, the good dad that I am and uh, uh, told my daughter, you know, I'm, the next movie I'm going to direct, I'm going to write something that's, that's kid friendly that you can be in and then you can be involved with the movie and and making the movie and uh you can go to film festivals with us if it gets accepted to any film festivals and uh so we we wrote a uh, kid-friendly horror short uh it's kind of in the vein of uh goosebumps books and um yeah my daughter was uh was all excited about it and uh she did a phenomenal job acting she accepted direction so. very well and uh that movie went on to play at, gosh, I want to say 17 or 18 film festivals. And I think we pulled in like three or four awards for that film alone. Um, cool. So yeah, it was, it was very, uh, it was a very good, uh, good film for her and I both to work on. Um, I think it, uh, it opened a lot of, a lot of eyes of, uh, my ability to direct actors, uh, especially young ones. Um, and uh, yeah, it it, uh, it was just another part of the growing process of directing and and uh, getting better with each film. Well, she did a phenomenal uh, job, and she's absolutely absolutely beautiful. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> she'll, she'll be very pleased to hear that you enjoyed her her performance. I absolutely did. I, I did as well uh, too. I think she uh, pulled off the uh, child very well um in any case uh let's talk about your uh film uh, special 2014 okay. yeah special is uh is a, a film for me that is uh, rather special um ironically it uh it was another movie that uh, uh really started to open people's eyes um really turn a lot of heads um, special. I'm not sure if you've if you're familiar with uh, the the uh, the newspaper boy who was kidnapped uh, out of Des Moines, Iowa, back in the 1980s. His name was Johnny Gosh. I think I might have heard of that. I have not. I'm so sorry. If you're not familiar with it, there is an amazing documentary on Netflix called "Who Took Johnny." Um, it will you you will watch that entire movie with your jaw on the floor it is so um uh, it, it's indescribable how how insane that whole story is um I, I highly suggest you watch it um but being a um preteen at the time that the, the whole johnny gosh abduction happened um I was terrified. Um, of course, it, this this all happened, uh, you know, barely two hour drive from where we lived. So I mean, it was like 
this high profile abduction of a child um, in my backyard um, growing up. Um, this is, okay. you know, this is my Pennywise clown growing up. You know, this is this is something that terrified me from as a child. And so it was it was something that stayed with me all these years uh, into adult life. And it's one of my greatest fear. It was one of my greatest fears being abducted as a child. And now as a parent, it's one of my biggest fears having one of my children abducted. And so I really wanted to capture that fear uh, and play off of it. Um, and just uh, try to capture that fear from both sides, uh, not only the child side, but but the parent side as well. Um, and so that's kind of the inspiration for the movie special uh, was the Johnny Gosh abduction. Oh, I also okay. have. Totally I'm sorry, go ahead. That. Uh, 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 Steve is see that i know a little bit about the story i just don't remember much but i remember it being quite an ordeal yeah he was uh, one back of the, in the day yeah. yeah he was one of the first uh first children to ever appear on milk cartons back in the 80s so uh, it, yeah it's a pretty high profile case um so anyway, uh, you know, I, I really uh, I wanted to mix a nice uh, supernatural element into it as well. And, um, you know, uh, one of my favorite uh, Stephen King movies growing up was uh, Carrie. And so I, I, I just wanted to, to think about, you know, what would happen if somebody kidnapped a child who was special and uh, they didn't realize how special this child was and really had no idea what they were getting themselves into uh, when it happened. And uh, as a result, um, some very, very bad things happened to these very, very bad people. And uh, rightfully so. And uh, it was just one of those things I, I wish that uh, that would actually be a, a possibility for any of these children that are ever abducted to somehow turn the tables on their abductors and uh, kick their ass. <laughs> Most definitely. So, uh, no problem uh, problems uh, on set with any of the actors or actresses. Well, uh, the the key role again was my daughter, and uh, she was. Uh, we actually filmed the. We actually shot this on her birthday, and I think she was two years older from then. Uh, when we shot uh, Bring Me a Dream. So she's probably 10 or 11 at the time. And okay. uh, she was she was phenomenal. There's a lot of really difficult scenes. Um, well, so much the moment. fact that I had family what? members that were a little upset with me for putting her through some of the things we put her through. Especially that and moment when, uh, when you place her on the mattress and uh as she wakes up next to the victim that's got to be <laughs> yeah that's got to be something yeah I had, I had some parent some uh some in-laws who were not uh, very happy watching Real the movie <laughs> yeah with the sniffing of the sniffing of her head part <laughs> yeah yeah that was a little tough um we uh, we actually had we submitted this to film festivals and, and normally you have film festivals that uh, will wait to give you um, 
rejection notices, um, you know, when, when they send out uh, notifications to all filmmakers. And on two occasions when our with our festival submissions, um, within a day or two of submitting special to uh, other film festivals, I had rejection notices back from them. I'm, I'm quite certain they probably didn't make it through the entire movie. So um, it was kind of humorous. All righty. But uh, yes. Go ahead, yeah, go ahead. Talk. Uh, uh, go ahead. You were saying something about special effects. Yeah, the, on the, the special effects on special, we we had plans of using, and I I love saying this term, a blood cannon. And <laughs> uh, my my daughter, being so young, uh, really was um, very very nervous about being shot with this blood cannon, <laughs> and uh, we. Uh, <laughs> we begged and pleaded with her for probably a half an hour to, to, to try to convince her that this is not going to hurt. She was, she was afraid it was going to hurt. She, you know, we're talking about shooting her with a blood cannon. Um, so we didn't end up getting the shot that we wanted. Uh, we spared my daughter, the, the trauma. Uh, and we had a, an actual, uh, uh, person stand in for the, uh, uh, for the shot, we didn't get the, the one we want. We ended up settling for a a hand and an arm being sprayed with a, a much smaller blood cannon. But uh, it would have been glorious had she let us do it. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So uh, when do we talk about the uh, next uh, uh, f uh, film? Uh, My friend Max from 2017. Yeah, so my friend Max was really came about um, special played at so many film festivals. We pull, we won quite a few awards for that one as well. Um, and the one common thing you, you start to notice when you go to all these film festivals is that there are lots of people, uh, lots of filmmakers that you keep running into, and uh, that was the case with with special. Um, we had uh, we had gone around to uh, a lot of film festivals with Bring Me a Dream, and we were running into a lot of the same film festival or uh, a lot of the same filmmakers. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the one of the filmmakers we kept running into was a gentleman by the name of Luke Schutzel, Schutzel. Um, and he Luke had uh, done a movie uh, called Dust of War. Uh, it was a feature film, okay. uh, kind of a post-apocalyptic science fiction. Uh, Kind of like Mad Max, cross between Mad Max and Star Wars, almost. Okay. And uh, Doug Jones happened to be in Dust of War, and uh, Luke Luke uh, really adored my daughter at the time, and uh, you know Luke looks a lot like Ryan Gosling, so my daughter was like infatuated with Luke, and they were you know every time we'd see him at at a film festival, she was like, oh, Luke's here. Let's go see Luke. <laughs> so, uh, when Luke found out that uh, my daughter absolutely loved Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies, and that Doug Jones was her favorite actor, he was he was all like, you know, <laughs> you know, I I know Doug. Let's let's why why can't we why can't we get a movie with your daughter and Doug in it? And I was like, hell yes, let's do that. <laughs> so. Um, you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, Doug is always in heavy, heavy, heavy makeup. And he's, he's 
rarely seen in his films. And so I wanted to create something that not only could Kaylin, uh, my daughter, be involved in a movie with Doug, but one that she could interact with Doug and not Doug as a demon or a creature or a monster. And so, uh, you know, I was, I'm a big fan of the, of the film Drop Dead Fred, and I've always liked the concept of uh, imaginary friends, and, and uh, I wanted to capture some of that magic from Drop Dead Fred and uh, make it not as, um, not as goofy and a little bit more down to earth and, and sentimental. Um, and uh, I, I think we really captured that. I, I co-wrote Drop Dead Fred, or uh, my friend Max, with uh, another filmmaker or uh, screenwriter out of Omaha or uh, the Nebraska area. His name is Chuck Matan. And uh, I, I really like what we came up with. It was uh, it was a really touching, sentimental story, and I think a lot of people, both uh, men and women, can relate to it. Um, you know, just growing up and, and feeling, uh, out, you know, a little misplaced and and outcast at, at times. And uh, it, it was something that uh, you know, maybe drama is not necessarily my my expertise but uh it definitely was uh I have, i've got experience with it um and uh you know the imaginary friend aspect is as supernatural uh low-key supernatural as i as i've ever gotten so it was uh, it was a little bit different approach i i wasn't quite sure how to i don't watch a lot of drama movies so i i don't understand how to shoot them as well my as question is why with my friend Max is why did you you uh, uh, like uh, uh, that that ending sequence uh, uh, with him and what uh, what uh, how did uh, uh, does he go from there you know what I mean <laughs> right well. In early versions of the script, we were kind of toying with the idea that Max was uh, somehow responsible for the the death of Thea's father, and uh, you know, part of his his penance in the uh, in the afterlife is that he is you know trying to help her grow up um, and and replacing the father that that he helped or that he caused her to lose. We ended up cutting a lot of that because we we really felt that the uh, just not explaining it and kind of leaving it up for people to try to you know piece together themselves added to the mystery of you know the imaginary friend and where they where they come from and uh, you know that's that's a that's a common question you know people want to know more about Max you know what was why was he there what was his origins where where did he go from there? And, you know, really he, he, he did, uh, he did his, his job for the most part, but he still hadn't fulfilled um, all the responsibilities he was supposed to fulfill um, with Thea. And so he had to go back to um, basically purgatory and uh, await another assignment to try to earn his wings. Okay. Makes sense. 
Yeah, I most had, definitely, Michelle. Had, you uh, do have any uh, questions? Something, yeah, something that I had had noted when watching this. Um, I noticed there was, to me, it seemed, and it just might be performance based, or you may have done this on purpose, and that's kind of what I, I'm getting at. I noticed there's kind of a little bit of, of pedophilia undertones. Was that done on purpose, or was that not even supposed to be construed that way, or? <laughs> I think I, I, you know, we we definitely we definitely did not try to imply any sort of uh, pedophilia by any means. I think there are times, you know, Max and Thea were so close um, that you know they they were very comfortable with he, with each other, and so they were very close to each other a lot of the times. And I think that kind of gave the impression you have this older man and this younger girl. Um, it it comes across, I think, you know, and he's in a prison jumpsuit the entire time. It comes across a yeah. little <laughs> creepy, um, but it, it definitely was not implied by any means. I think uh, that's, you know, a lot of people go to that. Uh, they, they start to think that just because we've we've set that um, we've set that that whole scenario up uh, with the way he looks and the way they interact with each other. Um, you know, in one scene, she asks him if he if you know, why was he in jail? Did he hurt people? And he says, yes, but he doesn't want to talk about it. So we never, we never really fully understand what it was Max was in trouble for. And so I think that, uh, that also helps to, you know, uh, potentially give that perception to some people, but um, no, uh, pedophilia was <laughs> farthest thing from my mind in, in any of this. Um, it definitely was not something that uh, that we were hoping to uh, portray for people. Okay. Um, so, um, uh, your I'm a gun as much as we can. What is I'm a gun about? Oh, I'm a gun. Um, I was... Uh, I've I've been I've been wanting to move away from doing shorts and uh, try to get into doing some features now. I I feel you know comfortable enough with my directing that I want to get into something that's a little bit more um, substantial and and has a little bit more um, possibility for for some um, further recognition and and further work for me hopefully. And so I, uh, I had written a script called Lockridge, um, and uh, it's, it's going to be very expensive to produce. And so I wanted to work on another project while I was trying to figure out what I was going to do um, with Lockridge. And so I, I decided to go back and do another short, and we just threw a, a script together real quick, of a, uh, inspired by a couple of uh, films that I absolutely adore. And uh, just wanted to, to stay busy working on something. And, and uh, I'm a Gun is what uh, came out of it. And uh, it's, it's kind of a mix-up of, uh, of uh, uh, action and... and uh, uh, I'm kind of hesitant to say horror. Uh, there are horror elements to it, but it's definitely not uh, scary by any means or, or uh, terrifying. Um, okay. it's more implied horror, I guess. Uh, but it is, uh, it's, there's action, there's, uh, suspense, there's comedy. Uh, it's just a mixture of everything. It's, uh, 
in, in inspired by uh, my my love for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series and um, also uh, the movie Leon the Professional. Um, I, I just thought it would be cool to try to do something that would uh, be inspired by both of those films and kind of mash them together. What would happen if Leon had to go uh, take out uh, the, the the family members of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? You know what? How what what would happen with that? So it, uh, it by no means was was meant to be something that was going to be uh, groundbreaking cinema. It was uh, it was a quick side project. We shot in two nights. And, uh, but, uh, you know, so uh, after putting, putting it together and, and, you know, I've, every one of the movies that you, that you create, you end up watching hundreds of times and, uh, you get <laughs> sick of watching them. And I, I'm a guns. One of them, I just haven't gotten sick of watching. I still, I still chuckle at it. Uh, I still enjoy watching it. It's, it's a fun little film. I, I really enjoy it. So. Oh, uh, I, I'd definitely been uh, in seeing if you could add to, to the story in another short film down the road from it, uh, most definitely. Why don't we talk about a, uh, one of the actions uh, uh, that uh, you're a producer of, uh, one of your newer ones, uh, Dark Light. Yeah. Dark Light. Uh, here we, we got back into the the drama uh, aspect, like uh, my friend Max. Again, this was a another quick, short, really short film project. We wanted to uh, just work on something to stay busy, and um, I uh, was kind of contemplating there at the beginning of 2017 where I wanted to, you know, focus my attentions on. Uh, if I wanted to stay focused on writing and directing or if I wanted to, you know, write and produce and maybe act in some of these and maybe not direct as much. And so this was just kind of a collaborative effort of some area filmmakers who are uh, on the rise in Iowa. A couple of brothers named Nick and Carl Bush. Um, they've got a phenomenal, phenomenal eye for great camera work. And uh, so I, I wrote this little thing and uh, put it together and and uh, asked Nick and Carl if they wanted to be involved. They they did, and um, man, I, I really felt like they knocked it out of the park. It's, uh, it's a moving film. Um, it's only, I, I think it's less than five minutes long, but it, uh, it's it got a lot of uh, heart and soul and, and story packed into those four and a half Definitely. minutes. Definitely. Um, small punch. A, a lot of fun. And Dark Light is available on YouTube for anybody to go watch if they want to if they want to check it out. Cool. Um, now, did you have anything to do, uh, do with uh, the actors or anything? Were you on the set at all, or the curiosity? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah i i was the I was the lead actor in that one, and. Uh, right. We had my daughter was uh, one of the actors again in a small role, and then uh, another actress that I've worked with uh, a few times here in Iowa, um, uh, Rachel uh, Rachel Wells, um, fantastic actress uh, out of uh, Iowa. Um, really enjoy working with her. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty pretty small group. Uh, we had a 
handful of extras in one night and uh they were all local people that i knew that uh i've always you know being a director you always get these people hey if you ever if you ever need me for a role you know you know keep me in mind keep me in mind and so i you know i reached out to this list of people that i'm supposed to always keep in mind and uh you know, sure enough they all wanted to be involved so they all came down and <laughs> freezing cold and they shivered for That's two right. hours and and we sent them home, but they all enjoyed it. They all loved it. Start a good rapport with uh, with people as a director, and, and you uh, you treat your people dis- decently. They always want to come back for more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, again, this is a this is a team effort. I mean, there's there's no small roles, even if you're an extra set. And take it seriously, you know, it, because the director is expecting you to. And, um, you know, these, these people, they have so much enthusiasm and so much passion to be in movies and have bigger roles and everything like that. And um, the, the ones that show up who take it seriously, who um, want to be involved in something and, and want to produce good, solid performances, your director is going to remember that, even if you're just an extra. You know, they're going to remember that about you. They're going to want to work with you again. They're going to invite you back for, and, you know, maybe next time you might have a couple lines or even, you know, get a, get a co-starring role eventually. It's it's a process, and uh, people have to feel comfortable I, I, I always, working with you. Uh, uh, whenever you're in the, in the independent, I always think of independent films as the stepping stones to a broader life. Right. But, uh, even even if you're like in like twenty or thirty of them, these end up if your your entire life. People remember your performances regardless. To it, yeah, absolutely, you, they do. Uh, uh, is seen by the director, seen uh, seen by you, and seen by others. So. Uh, go ahead. Um, about your newer film project that evidently you're producer of, John W. T.'s Gorefeast. Did you get uh, involved with that? Yeah, you know, honestly, I'm I'm not real sure where that project's at. Uh, John uh, Shelton is a, a filmmaker friend of mine out of. Um, uh, England, I think. Uh, he's over there in uh, Europe somewhere. Uh, I believe he's around in England. Anyway, um, you know, uh, I, I just uh, I've gotten uh, close with John uh, via the internet. Uh, he's a, he's a good guy, and uh, uh, he was putting together a film project and needed some uh, needed some uh, funds to to make it work. And being a a filmmaker that always supports uh, other aspiring filmmakers. I, um, you know, I, I supported John's fundraising campaign and ended up uh, getting a, a credit for his uh, for his film. Uh, and uh, I'm not real quite I'm not quite sure where it ever went from there. But uh, uh, hopefully he's he's still working on it and it's getting close to being being finished. Um, I haven't seen a an end result yet, but. Uh, I know John is uh, he's a he's a quality guy, and uh, I, I'm 
I'm sure that the money that uh, I contributed to his uh, film was well spent. So, cool. Uh, uh, now uh, let's get into a little bit of your acting. Um, so you were in uh, 2007. You were uh, in a short film called Count on Me. Uh, how was your experience in that short film? That was uh, my first um, my first experience working on film. And uh, it was, we, we shot outside in the middle of February, and my character wasn't wearing much more than just a simple um, zip-up hoodie. Uh, so it was freezing. It was horrible. Um, uh, the director, uh, Josh Guffey, he was uh, he was fantastic to work for. He was, um, you know, he had a lot of people there on set. Uh, it was um, very cold. There was a lot of stress, um, but uh, it was it was fantastic. Uh, it was a fantastic experience. I, I learned a lot um, for acting for film on that uh, experience. Um, okay. But, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was a, a small role. I was, uh, I was a thug uh, drug dealer, and I uh, ended up getting shot and dying, so. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what was the short film uh, somewhat about? Uh, do, you know, uh, do you remember? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a drug deal gone bad and uh, the cops were, uh, you know, undercover uh, police were there to, uh, you know, try to uh, uh, bust uh, a bunch of drug dealing, uh, big drug dealing ring. Um, there was a big shootout in a, in a pedestrian mall. Uh, uh, I want to say it was uh, reminiscent of the big shootout in Heat. With okay. uh, Pacino and De Niro, but uh, I know it wasn't anywhere remotely close to being as cool as that shot. Um, you know, I think that was probably some uh, some inspiration that Josh had uh, uh, because it it it's definitely had that uh, that that atmosphere and that feel to it. Um, and you know, we we did the best we could for for an indie film. But uh, yeah, Josh is awesome. I I hope to I someday be able to work with Josh again. Cool. Uh, so uh, the next uh, film that you worked uh, on was called Gen. How was your experience on that film? Which one was it? I didn't. I didn't I'm sorry. I didn't hear what 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 the title was. Blog. No, I think it was Jenny's blog. The video. Oh, Jenny's blog. Yes, Jenny's blog was a. Um, was a, a an early attempt at uh, viral video uh, internet sub, uh, like episodes. Uh, it was a fun little film where I was a. Uh, uh, it was kind of a found footage zombie uh, apocalypse starting up. So I was a I was a primary zombie called the Shuffler, and uh, I was this uh, shuffling zombie that uh, followed the. Uh, the two stars around a little bit and uh eventually i got shot in the head and died in this one too so 
first two um, films, I, I got shot and died in both of them. But uh, <laughs> I guess in the second one, I was already dead. So killed a second uh, time. So uh, being on that set, uh, or uh, where, where that was filmed? Yeah, you know, um, the Third. the writer and the director um, was actually my um, mixed martial arts uh, instructor and coach, um, and uh, he needed somebody who um, really, uh, you know, had some acting experience and could. Um, and could uh, basically do some stunt work. And so, okay. you know, you're going to get shot in the head, you know, we need you to fall down and, you know, and not get hurt and yada, yada. Yeah, yeah, I can do that, no problem. So I show up on set and I walk up to him and the first thing he says to me when I show up, he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm like, good. And he goes, so, how do you feel about getting hit by a car? <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, am I going to get hurt? And he's like, no, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. All right, let's do it then. So I got hit by a car a couple times. Um, and unfortunately, uh, being a found footage film, uh, it's all about where the camera's set. And uh got hit by a car a couple times, and I don't think it ever made it into the final cut of the film because they just didn't have any good shots of it. So, Did you get hurt, though? Okay. Uh, no, not really. I mean, the only thing, you know, I'm, I'm falling <laughs> off the, the, the car, um, onto a gravel road and, you know, falling onto the gravel was no picnic, but, uh, oh, yeah, that's always lovely. But, uh, you know, bruises heal and they, they mend, you know, as long as it looks cool on film, which I didn't know at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, then I'm willing to take those bumps and bruises, but, uh, you know, it's always safety first, uh, make sure that person that's doing these stunts is capable of doing them. And, cool. uh, you know, working with Bruce, I was, I was comfortable and, and, uh, and, uh, went, agreed to do it. So I'm glad I did. Uh, let's talk about, uh, the next project from 2010. It's splatter, love, honor, and paintball. Yes, Splatter was one of the films that was uh, made in Iowa with the tax credits. And uh, it was a paintball comedy, kind of, the, you know, the, the loser um, whose life is in the, is in the gutter. He's uh, trying to, to get his life together, decides uh, him and his buddies are going to team and enter a paintball tournament to win the, the win back kid the love of his life. And uh, I played uh, kind of a, you know, uh, sidekick of the, of the villain. Um, I, I've been bald for so many years. I've been shaving my head for probably 20 years. And so a lot of the, the roles I'm always getting are villainous roles for some reason. I think it has to do with my bald head, but <clears throat> Villains this one was no exception. Bone. Yeah. Yeah, you got that I, uh, Jason Statham look to you. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few times I've been told that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I went from being a, a, an extra to, you know, I think I had a few lines in this one, and 
you know, I, I was doing the process, you know, I, I loved making movies and loved being a part of them. And, uh, you know, it, it, things just escalated for each one that I did. I was willing to do what needed to be done to get shots. And, and, uh, I was also the stunt coordinator on this one. Um, and, uh, cool. worked with, uh, some kids that were doing some jumps and some falls and, you know, we, we just, it was a, just a all around phenomenal experience. Um, can't say enough about splatter. I, I wish that it would uh, finally see the light of day at some point and, and actually get a DVD release or something. So um, it's a, it's a quality movie and it needs to be seen. So most definitely. Um, how about the, your next uh, from 2010, the experiment. The experiment Indeed. was uh, a Sony Pictures movie, I believe. Um, it starred Adrian Brody, Forrest Whitaker, Clifton Collins Jr., um, Cam Gigandey, I believe is how you pronounce his name. He was the, the bad vampire in the first Twilight movie. Um, <laughs> uh, it was just, it was packed full of, uh, of you know, oh, Travis Fimmel, who uh, at that time was kind of unknown. He, uh, he, he is the lead in the the History Channel uh, Vikings TV show now. Okay. Um, he's, you know, he's kind of turned into a big star. I mean, we had all these big name stars on there. It was uh, just a, a blast to be around them and, and to learn so much from just being around them and, and observing their performances and how they go about it. It was uh, really remarkable. I'm, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be involved in that film. Uh, even though I was a, you know, a featured extra, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the movie throughout the movie. You, you see me all the time. I'm just, I wasn't important enough to be given credit in the film. So, what's that? I at least you get some screen time and you can be, uh, oh, there I am. Right, right. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm one of the prisoners. He had, uh, I think, 12 prisoners and like six guards. Uh, it's based off of uh, the German movie Das Experiment, uh, I believe, which was based loosely off of the Stanford experiment from the 70s um, where they had uh, placed an ad for... Um, okay prisoners and guard volunteers and um, they were kind of you know observing how um, when you give somebody power how how easily they start to abuse that power and and uh, see uh, when things started to come off the rails they they kind of pulled the plug on it but uh, in the experiment in the movie obviously they, they they're not as quick to pull the plug so things escalate and they get out of control and uh, Again, bad things happen. And ironically, I did Most not play, play a bad guy in this one. Um, let's your next uh, short film uh, that you acted in called Trophy Wife. Trophy Wife was... Uh, I have such love for Trophy Wife. Trophy Wife was kind of a tale from the crypt type movie. And it was the first time that uh, anybody ever gave me the opportunity to, you know, uh, kind of demonstrate what my acting abilities and skills really were. And uh, it's it's a, a troubling tale about a 
a man who is a taxidermist and his uh his goal in taxidermy is to be an award-winning taxidermist and um you know he's got some marriage problems uh, because he's so focused on this this goal that uh he eventually ends up uh killing his wife and and uh, kind of you know doing what taxidermists do to uh create the the perfect uh display uh with his wife so it was okay. uh, it's definitely kind of a uh norman batesy type creepy role um loved playing it <laughs> It is on YouTube. You can uh, you can find it, or maybe even on Vimeo. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a phenomenal thing. Uh, I such love for uh, Pat Atkinson who wrote it. She uh, she took a chance on me, and I, I greatly appreciate appreciate it. So um, yeah, cool. I, I've got a lot of love for Trophy Wife. We still on? You broke up. Uh, repeat what you uh, just said. Uh, that I, I have a lot of love for Trophy Wife. It's definitely eerie so and violent and, and gory and a little sad, too. Uh, so uh, why don't you tell us uh, Sway, where you play a mercenary? Sway was, it was kind of a prime action drama. Yes, I was the the assassin, the hired hitman, uh, chasing down the good guys who were trying to take down pharmaceutical companies. And, uh, you know, I'm the hired hitman to hush them, hush them up. Um, uh, was a, a fun shoot. Um, Sway, um, you know, it had a very small festival run. I don't know if it's online or not. Um, but I think it was, uh, I don't think it was a student film by any means, but it was definitely a couple of guys out of Iowa City, Iowa, who, um, who were directing, I think, uh, one of their early films, and it was it was very uh, lofty, um, uh, very lofty script. Uh, very, um, they had a lot of uh, great ideas with it, and uh, they they executed it very well. It certainly didn't look or feel like it was one of their first films, but uh, you know, I I felt like I had a, a fairly uh, fun role. And uh, again, that uh, was it was nice being able to be the the bad guy. I, I do kind of enjoy being the bad guy. Um, killing a lot of people and uh, chasing people down and just being a, a badass for a short, scrawny five foot eight little guy. Uh, it's nice to be the badass every once in a while. Most definitely. Uh, next role. Play a mailman in Collapse. Yeah, Collapse was another zombie film I was in, um, or that I worked on, I should say. 
Uh, collapse was done by uh, another couple uh, guys here in Iowa during the uh, the film uh, incentive tax credits uh, era, and it starred uh, Chris Mulkey and Karen Landry. Um, Chris Mulkey is one of those uh, character actors that you see in a million things, but you just don't know his name. Um, uh, great guy, great actor. Uh, was uh, really fun working with him. Um, we had uh, Linnea Quigley from uh, Return of the Living Dead was in it. Um, just uh, a lot of, um, you know, uh, I don't necessarily want to say big names, but uh, they they definitely are are what I would consider to be famous uh, people, and it was fun working with them and and seeing again their craft and and how they go about uh, working and and uh, taking on roles. Um, unfortunately, my my I was supposed to have a big fight scene with Chris Mulkey as a zombie, a mailman zombie, and uh, I think production was uh, running a little bit behind schedule, and so one of the scenes that got cut was that one. Unfortunately, that was uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a bummer, but. Uh, I, I was also the stunt coordinator on that one and uh, worked with a lot of the actors and, you know, we had actors uh, throwing their hands through windows and stuff like that. So it was keeping, again, keeping everybody safe. And yeah, you always worry about what's going to in the, in the final cut, you know, you know what I mean? Right. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, collapse was another good experience uh, that I had. And, um, that one uh, is, I'm pretty certain you can get that on Amazon Prime. Uh, the DVD is available on Amazon. Um, cool little zombie okay. film. Check it out if you get a chance. Uh, next film that you're in, uh, James in The Offering. The Offering uh, was serial killer movie. Um, I was, uh, ironically, not a bad guy in this one. Uh, I was a sheriff's deputy. Uh, it was a pretty small role, but uh, uh, it was uh, it was fun. Uh, it was the same producer at uh, done uh, Collapse uh, and Splatter, actually, as a matter of fact. Um, so uh, it was, you know, again, another prime example of you. You keep uh, you keep showing up, and you that keep works. taking it seriously. You keep doing good work, and they're going to ask you back. They keep asking you back, and uh, that was another one. Um, the offering is out on DVD. I think you can probably. I haven't looked for it on Amazon Prime, but it might be out there. Um, okay. There was some fight choreography I did for that one. Uh, the fight, uh, the last, the the fight between the sheriff and the serial killer at the end is. Uh, Choreographed by me and a, another uh, another mixed martial artist, uh, Lee Casebolt, who, um, you know, we kind of put that that thing together. It was fun. Uh, we had to teach a um, actress who's I don't know, maybe five foot six and maybe one hundred and twenty pounds, soaking wet, how to defend herself against a guy who was like six one and two hundred pounds. So, um, uh, she. She actually, uh, she did fairly well being a, a, a tough broad there for a while, like kicking some ass. Uh, I really, uh, I enjoyed working with Diddy, and 
if you if you do enough searching on my Facebook page, you'll find a video of her throwing me around and uh, in training. It's, uh, it's it's one of those old school cell phone videos. It's not very good quality, but uh, you still get the the impression that she knows what she's doing. So I think we taught her well. Cool. Okay, so a video short that you were in from 2011 where you played Jake and Ninja Bitch. Ninja Bitch. Uh, it was <laughs> Pat Atkinson who uh, wrote Trophy Wife. Um, uh, this was, I feel like this was uh, her homage to Kill Bill. And, uh, you know, she had a, a daughter that was kidnapped and she was, uh, this secret, uh, uh, this, this woman who had secretive ninja skills, uh, going to rescue her daughter. And I was the, uh, the, the ass kicking sidekick, um, for the, uh, the big mob boss. So I had a I had a big fight scene with uh, Pat and these knives and swords and all sorts of blood and uh, kicking <laughs> and punching and uh, it was just a, it was a blast. Um, so yeah, it was uh, Ninja Bitch was fun. Uh, again, I think it was a little bit of a smaller role for me, but uh, you know I'm I'm always thankful for any role and uh, love working with Pat. Anything that she is uh, a part of, so. Cool. Uh, uh, let's talk about uh, your next. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, talk about your next uh, film, uh, Demonica. Strange. Demonica was from the same makers of Collapse, the zombie movie. Now they're doing a, a demon movie that took place in the 80s. Uh, I want to say their inspiration was uh, the the movie uh, Night of the Demons, and uh, again they had uh, Linnea Quigley, uh, who was actually in Night of the Demons, the original Night of the Demons, and um, I played uh, a small role at the very beginning of a, a stranger in this uh, old pub, uh, kind of back in the medieval times, who. Um, wasn't going to pay his bill, and then it turns out he's the demon, and he kills everybody in the bar, like, rips them to shreds, punches through chests, and all sorts of bloody, gory, fun stuff. It was a good time. Uh, nice. Snapped some guy's neck, and this I don't know who this actor was. I had never worked with him at the time, but uh, and I haven't worked with him since, but, uh, man, when, when I snapped his neck, he dropped like a rock, man. It was... He, he sold it so well. It was uh, it was a blast. Um, yeah, Demonica, check it out if you get a chance. Uh, but it takes place in the '80s, and they, this, these kids are locked inside of a skating rink, and uh, you know you got all these demons trying to chase them down and kill them, and uh, they end up having a roller derby with the demons at the end to to try to uh, survive. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's uh, it's it's definitely a good time. Um, let's talk about your next video short, uh, Lunchtime. Uh, uh, lunchtime. I was, I was, uh, 
That was a, a short that was, uh, I was a bit of a lead in. Uh, I was a cocaine addict, uh, high on cocaine. And my buddy and I went in to have lunch and could not comprehend the details of the menu and uh, really just had uh, <laughs> uh, an interesting uh, uh, time trying to order lunch. So yeah, it was, a, it was more of a comedy. Um, I don't necessarily consider myself a comedian, but uh, you know, we had a got to try every role at least once. Yeah, let's just say I haven't gotten any more comedic roles since then. But <laughs> uh, it did win an award at a at a film festival for the. It was called the WTF Award. So um, if that tells you anything. <laughs> Uh, it's, oh, yeah. it's gotta be floating around out there somewhere online as well. It's, it's, it's worth checking out. It's fun. Um, so, uh, the next video short is fortune miss beneath Nathaniel crane. Yeah. Uh, from fortune. Fortune. Or yeah, it was the, it was the same, uh, same uh, production company that did, uh, lunchtime. And uh, it was uh, more of a uh, romantic drama, uh, uh, just a fortunate uh, uh, meetup of a, of a man and a woman on a, uh, this is going to sound terrible when I say it, but on a, on a street corner. Uh, it's not that kind <laughs> of movie, I swear. But, not that kind of meetup? Uh, <laughs> She was there to to meet somebody that she had never met and uh, ended up getting, uh, you know, lost in the city and uh, got on the, the wrong street and uh, ended up meeting my character instead. And um, they ended up uh, hitting it off. Uh, uh, but uh, he was there uh, waiting for his ride to okay. go overseas uh, as a military man. So... Um, it was a it was a fortunate misfortune uh, that they met because um, as they started to really develop a, a fondness for each other, um, it was abruptly halted. And uh, I won't tell you if they eventually got back together or not, but you know there was a happy ending. So, it, was there anything that you I didn't. On set, mentions this uh, production company previously, or how was it? Where uh, that specific production company? Um, you know, they. I I worked with them. Uh, just being involved in in so many films around Iowa, you know, you end up. Uh, connecting with other filmmakers and um, you know Media Adventures is just a uh, production company that I, I really connected well with and um, have a lot of respect for and they're fantastic people to work with um, this uh, this film was the first film that I ever had to do my it was my first on-screen kiss oh being a married man yeah yeah, you have to go uh, go home to the missus and be, uh, wipe the lipstick off. 
Yeah, yeah. She knew I was going to do it beforehand. I, I broke the news to her, but she was fine with it. She, I, I my wife is amazing. Uh, I call her my tolerant supporter. She's very tolerant of all this craziness that I involve myself in and our family in. And, um, I couldn't do it without her. So uh, big, big kudos and big cheers to uh, my wife, Jessica, for being so awesome. Um, uh, your next short film from 2015, where uh, you uh, play in Leaving Kansas, uh, Deputy Schmitz, you play? Yeah, uh, this was a... This was a really good, um, uh, really good story. The uh, the screenwriter that I co-wrote, my friend Max, with uh, had written a, a short about a cancer patient who um, was suffering and um, was uh, trying to go across state lines to uh, a state where it was legal to you know, buy medical marijuana. Uh, and so she uh, enlisted the help of a friend to take her because she was so sick and you know weak, and um, ended up uh, you know uh, coming back across state lines. They get pulled over. I'm the dickhead cop who has to try to ruin everything for this cancer patient and uh, take them to jail. And um, you know, I, again, I'm I'm playing the bad guy, but, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a great, great, great story. Um, really opens up a lot of discussion for, uh, the use of, uh, marijuana medically, um, what it can do for patients. Um, and, uh, and, uh, that it, it, it really does have some value in, in the medical industry. And I think we need to really def definitely start to look at, uh, marijuana in a in a different way. Um, it's uh, it's definitely uh, it's it's definitely a taboo subject. But uh, you know, I, I think films like this, hopefully, if they do anything, they they help to shed some more light onto the subject and and make it um, not as taboo and uh, create a, an opportunity for people to openly discuss about things of, that that are considered scandalous so Michelle uh, to, uh, okay, uh, well is, it, is there anything that you can tell us about the project that you're that still is still in production for sons and daughters of thunder uh, oh sons and daughters of thunder I yeah I'm it's a it's a period piece uh, about uh, slavery and I'm a, I'm a terrible, terrible, terrible bigot townsperson. Again, the bad guy. Um, but uh, I don't know that it's, it's finished yet. It's been a couple years now, um, but it's a feature film. I know uh, this, uh, the award-winning uh, uh, couple who are producing it, uh, they've won a lot of awards. Um, a lot of their films play on like uh, uh, PBS, and uh, they get a lot of you know they're they're more educational films. Um, this one's kind of a, a docudrama, and it's uh, it's based off of uh, real events. And um, 
I'm uh, I'm just a townsperson in uh, in the the meeting hall who uh, is very vocal about his dislike of black people, and um, that's it's completely 180 degrees different from from how I am in in real life. And uh, I, I want to say if there's a role that was ever really super challenging for me that one was was it uh had to use a lot of um really bad language um and uh uh just really be <clears throat> it, it, it's hard getting into a character like that that you that you despise um yeah if you hate them it is hard to be them yeah and, and it's it's really 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 difficult to to get to that point um internally and then once you do um coming down back. from it is really quite depressing and and uh you know it was filming uh, a couple hours away from where i live and so uh, you know it was coming back from from set after a, a day of shooting and you know the the couple hour drive back home was uh really did me well to to kind of you know just calm down and, and just vet, you know, tear out from behind the steering wheel for a couple of hours. Um, because yeah, it, you definitely it, need to uh, decompress when, you, when you're working like, on with a role like that. <laughs> what yeah, you said that uh, was your you had to play? I'm sorry, say again? Would you, would you say that that was your darkest role that you've had to play? Um... <clears throat> I don't know if it was necessarily the darkest role. I think Trophy Wife was probably my darkest role. This one was definitely the most uncomfortable role for me to try to get into character for. Um, okay. It it just uh, it, it it wasn't something that uh, you know you f you find yourself with with things like. Um, you know, killing my wife and stuffing her and, and, you know, only sick and, and twisted people do things like that in life. Um, but when you sit back and you realize that there are people in the world who actually think the way that my character thought and behave like my mm -hmm. character behaved and, and realize that it's an everyday uh, struggle uh, for many people to deal with um, with others who are like that, um, it, it, it's really, it, it's really hard to it's for real, me to explain. Um, but it, it's easy to think that there are still people out there like that. Yeah, it, it's, it's just it's sad and it's, it's like hard the, to wrap your head around. Every day, a day, it, it would it would hard to be around that kind of person. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I I I'm thankful for the role. Um, I think uh, if I ever took on another role like that, I would be. Uh, I probably would approach it differently um, in in how I prepared for it. Um, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from a role like that because again I think roles like that, uh, similar to the role I played in Leaving Kansas, were you create an opportunity for people to talk about these situations that are really quite trivial. Um, when you, when you peel back the layers of the onion, 
Um, <laughs> bigotry is just, it's, it's so juvenile. It's so ridiculous. Um, it really is. And, and if we can help create uh, an opportunity yeah. for people to understand yeah. that, I think it's a good thing. So um, I would not shy away from taking another role like that. Although that is one typecasting I would not like to be typecast. <laughs> A good learning experience too, uh, so that you know that you know exactly what your uh, what your uh, you as an actor can take uh, yep. under such levels of uh, had to portray. So, For uh, sure. Michelle, uh, 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 how about uh, Wonderland? Wonderland. Next role. Um, produced, written, directed by Sergeant Rock. Stephen Luke. Yeah, Sergeant Rock has no uh, connection to the comic book Sergeant Rock. So, um, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a war movie based on Battle of the Bulge, and uh, you know uh, Wonderland uh, about. Uh, you know, it took place in the winter, so it's, uh, you know, walking in a winter wonderland. Um, and uh, I have a co-starring role <laughs> along with uh, Stephen Luke, who wrote, produced, and directed it. Um, he has done a couple of uh, war movies. He's worked with the likes of uh, Dolph Lundgren and Mickey Rourke. And... Um, uh, you know, he's 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 just uh, the guy's remarkable and amazing, and I don't I can't tell you enough good things about him. He's he's. Uh, Would you say he's more mainstream? He's definitely. I, I guess you know, as mainstream as war movies get, uh, to me, uh, I'm I'm not a fan of war movies. Um, there were okay. some things that I I took for granted um, going to the set of a war movie and. And uh, that is that, uh, you know, war people who are really um, into history and 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 uh, study these wars uh, in the military are they take it to extremes, um, kind of you know like the way that horror fanatics take horror movies to the extreme, and and you know, it, it, when you when you look at like the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre versus the new Leatherface movie just came out recently and how the new Leatherface movie really just didn't follow the source material by any means and how much hate that movie received. That's how these people are about who are, you know, they study the military and, and, and they're big fanatics about uh, wars and, and the military. Um, so I, I was War just not the military. What's that? Bad. Boys of war and military are yeah. fairly different species. <laughs> well, I'm sure they say the same thing about me with the with all my horror movies, but uh, I, I guess I just wasn't prepared for that. I, I didn't expect it, and um, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for um, for their attention to detail. Um, you know, oh, you, you can't hold the gun like this. Uh, you know, uh, things like this. It was just really, um, it was very eye-opening. So, um, great experience for me. Um, if I'm ever asked to do another war movie again, uh, I'll, I'll definitely approach it differently. Um, but it was, 
it, it was a fantastic uh, film. Uh, we had Tom Berenger in it. Um, from uh, Tom was uh, in Platoon, uh, Major League. Um, and Tom was great. Uh, I didn't have any scenes with Tom directly, but uh, you know, uh, Tom was on set uh, quite a few times and uh, had a great time uh, shooting that that movie. Even though, again, stuck out in the cold all winter long. Well, um, the uh, uh, the last question that I have for you before we end uh, 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 the show and let you uh, 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 go for the evening is, uh, do you specifically with uh, films in Iowa, or do you actually go out to uh, to travel to look you had to um, city? So. Again, I think you're breaking up there a little bit. I think your question was uh, if if I film exclusively in Iowa. Is that your question? Um, my question was, uh, do you stick with only Iowa films, or do you get out and travel? I and you know, what? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I mean, I, I in in either capacity, uh, acting or directing. I mean, I love. Filming in Iowa, it's where I live. It's, you know, it's every, you can get to any spot in Iowa with the, within a few hours uh, drive. So anything is, is relatively close for me. But um, that being said, I don't care where a film is, is being shot. Um, if somebody wanted me down in Florida or up in uh, Alaska, you know, to, to shoot a film, um, I'm going there. That's, that's, <laughs> That's just uh, that's that's where it's filming. That's where I need to be. Uh, how do I get there? Yeah. Am I flying? Am I driving? Am I you know hitchhiking? What you know? Tell me where I need to be yeah. when you need me there, and I'll be there. So. Uh, well, um, I thank you for uh, coming on uh, to, uh, to the show to discuss your uh, acting and your filming. I mean, and your producing uh, capabilities. Uh, um, on uh thank you for that yeah no thank you so much for having me what an honor and be able to somebody want to sit there and talk to me for 80 minutes about you know my movies and filmmaking career and that's uh you know I, i'm tremendously honored thank you so much for having me thank you so much for joining us and michelle thank every... you for joining us <laughs> <laughs> i think every Every single, they're an underdog as an actor or they're a filmmaker, everyone has a different perspective. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish in my interviews with actors and directors alike. And I, and I thank you for uh, letting me practice uh, 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 on you. <laughs> so yeah. uh, hopefully maybe you can come back uh and join us for a film discussion maybe in, in the future where we have those on Tuesday nights or something like that. Uh, yeah, just for time. Just let me know. I'd love to. So um, I, I, I'm going to bid you uh, again. Uh, um, hopefully I'll, I'll uh, be able to get, uh, I, I've got a cool ass interview uh, or intro. These episodes that I'll, I'll get you the 
extended cut for, for you yourself to keep. Awesome. Uh, I've cut uh, the intro down to uh, for the public, like so. Uh, you'll definitely get a cool treat. I created the intro myself out of some techno. Um, <laughs> Love it. Have a good evening and uh, being yes. with us, and uh, you uh, enjoy the rest of your uh, afternoon. Yeah, you do the same. Happy holidays to you guys. Most definitely. Happy holidays to you. All right. Take care, everybody. Yep. My mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you. <laughs>